and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things are made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And, uh, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The Bible said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. That he, uh, he came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, and that all men through Him might believe. And He was, that, he was not that light, but came to bear witness of the light. And the, that light was the true light that lighteth upon all men that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came in His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to Him gave He power to become the sons of God, which are born not of the flesh, uh, not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And he, the Word became flesh, amen, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, even the only begotten glory of the Son of God, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank God for His Word, amen. If it wouldn't hit for His Word, I, as an 11-year-old boy, I, I would, when the Holy Ghost dealt with me, if it wouldn't have been for His Word, I wouldn't have known what to do with that conviction, amen. And I thank God for His Word. And I thank God for y'all's pastor. He, uh, he, he, I don't know if he's ever even heard me preach. I know we've never met in person, but I'm thankful that he uh, allowed us to come tonight. And it's an honor. I know Brother McBride's not here tonight, but it's an honor to get to, to get to be in the same meeting with Brother McBride. I count that as an honor. He's a man of God. And I'm thankful for your church. I'm thankful for what I see here. And I'm thankful for what I don't see here. Amen. I'm thankful for the red book and the pew. Praise God. I'm thankful somebody got happy and shouted. Amen. I'm thankful we got Mark Guitar sitting on the stage. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Now, I, I'm just going to be myself tonight. Amen. That's all I know how to be. Amen. And if I get red face and slobber, please don't call the ambulance. That's just how I preach. Amen. And uh, turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 3. And uh, I think I got this thing on. Am I good, brother? Praise God. Am I good on this thing? Praise God. Can y'all hear me well? Amen. We're getting preaching gear. Y'all be able to hear us. Amen. Uh, we, uh, I, I'm thankful for the invitation. And me, my wife and I, we got married a little over eight months ago. Uh, we, uh, we're, we're uh, going up down the road. This is what we do for a living. Full-time evangelism. We sing and preach. And wherever God opens the door, we have a tent ministry and such things such as that matter. And we do four, five to six tent meetings per year on, on average. We've been doing that for about four years. And this March, we celebrate four, uh, two years being full-time in the, in the ministry. And I'm thankful for that. I'm a young man. And I'm thankful that we got the old book and we got the old way and we, we're just going to keep trodding in the same road that them old-time men of God trotted in. Amen? I, I, my, my pawpaw, or my daddy, would used to, used to till his garden and, and, and he had a lot longer stride than I did. Now, he's a short man, but I, when I was little, he had a lot longer stride than I did. And my daddy would get out there tilling that garden, Brother John, and, and he, would leave, he would leave footprints in that fresh plowed ground. And I didn't go over there trying to walk in that other dirt. I didn't have no use for that other dirt. I just got right in there behind my daddy and it saw, I didn't care how far it took me if I had to jump. I'd try to get to that next footprint and try to get to that next footprint. And brother, I'm telling you tonight, we got some big footprints to fill, but I don't care what it takes if I have to, I have to jump, fly, whatever I have to do. I just want to get right back in there, that same row where all them old time men of God rode. That's why I like that old time song. Amen. A God's wonderful book, divine. Amen. Brother Kate would get up and sing that song, Lord. 
have mercy. Amen. He'd, he'd throw his leg up on the pulpit. Amen. Hey, I just, I don't want to change. I don't want to, I'm just going to, it's all if I testify for a minute. I'm talking about, I just want to get in the same row. I don't want to change colors. I don't want to change stripes. I just want to stay in the same row and keep plowing the same row. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Feel like preaching now. Amen. If you found your place, I hope I don't break this thing, brother. I have a bad, a bad, hallelujah. I'm just going to put it in my back pocket. I don't want to break it. Amen. I, uh, they take out insurance policies on buildings when I go in them. Amen. And uh, let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. And uh, I, just, I like it. Amen. I just like it when the Holy Ghost shows up. Amen. I, I love it. Amen. And we can't do nothing without Him tonight. Now, I, I, listen, I, I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I said, I'm not, I feel like this is what you put on my heart. And I do, I feel like this is what he put on my heart. And I'm not doing this out of rebellion. I'm not bucking the Lord. I feel like I'm right where God wants me to be. And uh, we're going to try to preach the Word of God tonight to you. The Bible says in First Samuel chapter 3, and, and I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with the story of life of Samuel. But the Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Amen. And Eli was the old high priest. He was out of commission. He was a, he was retired. But and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. That meant it was scarce because nobody was telling it. Amen. That's about like where we live today. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place, and he his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And this is some, this this next verse is one of the. Saddest verses in my King James Bible. The Bible says, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord. Where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And I like this next verse, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. Tonight I want to preach on this thought. Now, I, 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 I'm a young man, but God's let me see some things. He's let me read some things. He's let me experience some things, Brother Toby. And I want to preach tonight on why ain't we burning? Why ain't we burning? Will you help us pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day, dear God. I thank You for all You've done for us today, dear Jesus. I thank You for the good presence of the Holy Ghost, dear God. And I pray, dear God, that You forgive me of my sins and my faults and my shortcomings, Lord. Oh, God in heaven tonight, if we, if You don't show up, we can't do anything, dear God. I'd rather You kill me than me to get up without Your touch tonight, dear God. And I mean that, dear Lord. I pray, dear God, that You give me a heart of a dove, the skin of an alligator, and the, and the backbone of a saw log, dear God, to preach Your Word tonight. I pray that You fill me full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, give me unction and liberty and power tonight, dear God. Oh, we live in a wicked, wicked day, dear God. We need revival tonight, dear God. We don't need just another meeting. Oh, God, we don't need just another series of, of getting together and having service, dear God. Oh, but dear God, we need all-time Holy Ghost revival. And I pray that tonight, dear God, uh, You would touch my heart and help me to preach to the hearts of these people, dear God. And I pray that you might stir up some folks, dear God. And it won't just last for until the end of the week, but it'll last for months and years, dear God. I pray that you might rend the heavens and pour your Spirit out and bend us slow tonight, dear God. Help us to see our need. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen amen. Thank you. Might be seated. I just want to talk for a minute before I get into my message and kind of a pre-introduction, if you will, 
but I'm going to be mindful of the time. And uh, But tonight I want to preach on that thought. Why ain't we burdened? I started reading uh, about five years ago, uh, back in 2008, I started reading about men like George Whitfield, that, uh, men that, uh, uh, that, that God used to send a great awakening to this country and uh, turn two continents upside down uh, in a time of coldness and deadness and carnality and wickedness and complacency in the church. Uh, God raised up a man like George Whitfield uh, that came out of England uh, preaching the Word of God. Uh, they said he would sometimes preach 40 hours a week. Uh, they said thousands had come to the Lord under his ministry. Uh, and I started reading about men like Jonathan Edwards uh, who didn't get up and raise his voice uh, but stood behind a bookboard in a wig, amen, and stood behind his bookboard and read the tra- manuscript of sinners in the hands of an angry God. And the people in the pews would mourn. And the people in the views would mold and grow under the conviction power of the Holy Ghost. And they would run to the altar and they'd be saved. I read about men like Sewell Stearns that came out of the Northeast and he came down out of, because of persecution into the North Carolina state. Uh, he went down with 16 people to Sandy Creek, North Carolina. And Brother Mark and I, I'm telling you, uh, they said that he came down there and built a log cabin church out of the middle of nothing. Amen. Uh, they said he started uh, winning sinners. Uh, they said in five years' time that church had grown to some 600 people. Uh, they said, Brother John Paul, uh, they said within 25 years' time uh, there had been a thousand churches and uh, Baptist churches, amen, uh, planted because of uh, the revival at Sandy Creek. I began to read about men like Evan Roberts who in the back behind the behind us in the uh, 1904 and 1905, uh, he had been praying that God would use his life for 13 years. He kept laboring in prayer, laboring in prayer. And all of a sudden, one night, he was in Bible college and God showed him uh, that they were going to have a great revival in Wales. He went back home and he started preaching. He started having a meeting uh, and God gave him hundreds of thousands of souls. I'm talking about the kind of revival uh, that closed bars down. The kind of revival that closed uh, uh, houses of ill repute down. Uh, the kind of revival. Uh, see, we want a revival uh, that will get the sin out of the world, but we don't want a revival to get the sin out of the church, amen. Oh, but I'm talking about an old time Holy Ghost Bible and revival, and I've got to read that. And I started getting pretty depressed, Brother John, because we're not seeing that in this day. And if you think we are, you're blind, amen. Oh, we're not seeing that in this day. Hey, we're cold, we're carnal. Hey, a lot of us is compromised. Hey, we've gone back on the things of God. Oh, but I'm telling you tonight, I got burdened, and God gave me a verse over there in Hebrews chapter number 12. I believe it is. Uh, maybe 13. It's chapter 13. He said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, uh, today, and forever. I'm telling you, this God that was God of George Whitfield and Shubal Stearns and Jonathan Edwards and the God of Evan Roberts is God of Chris Hewitt tonight. He's the God of Tommy Weber tonight. Hey, I'm telling you, He's the same God we serve tonight. And He hadn't changed, save Him. And if He could send revival back then, if Elijah could pray fire down from heaven. If God could send revival on the day of Pentecost, oh, I believe, dear neighbor tonight, that God in 2013 I could send old time here, Holy Ghost, heartfelt, heaven sent, Mount Sinai experience, revival, amen, once again. The Samuel lived in a day that was much like our day. And as he was sitting there in the temple as a young boy, the lamp went out in the house of God. The fire went out. I'm afraid our fires went out. Ain't that right? 
Some of you old timers, and I'm not being disrespectful when I say that, but some of you old timers know I'm telling the truth. Uh, people used to have to raise the windows at the church house because there'd be so many parked out front trying to get to God. And they'd be jumping out over cars shouting. And there'd be people getting saved out in the yard. I'm talking about, I remember growing up and them old time women of God. Uh, they'd bring a, a row full of their grandkids to church. And then they'd stand up right beside their grandkids and say, I want y'all to pray for my grandkids. They're all lost and going to hell. And I'd sit there and watch the grandkids get under conviction uh, because grandma had enough God about her uh, to pray at home. But when she got them to church, she got to church to pray and God would save a whole deal of grandkids. Amen. I'm telling you, I've seen some things in my day uh, but I believe we've just scratched the surface of what we really could be having. I believe we've, we've set up for an advertiser when we can have a smorgasbord tonight. I'm telling you, if God could do it for them, He can do it for us. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of coldness. I'm tired of complacency. I'm telling you, oh, we need to go get God tonight. Amen. I, I saw the look of life of Samuel. And I, I saw some things in his life. I saw his service. Amen. I saw his service. If you'll study this out, Samuel was of the t- tribe of Ephraim. And if you'll study this out in this text, and you'll find out in chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3 of this, t- this ch- book that Samuel was literally doing the work of the priest. Brother, brother Toby, he was doing the work of the priest that Hop 9 Phineas was supposed to be doing. And, and he had, and, and I'm not being distracted, but he didn't even have no business doing that according to the law. He didn't even have no business to do that. And he wasn't supposed to be doing that. Oh, but brother John, the ball had been dropped. Oh, there was a generation gap. And oh, there was a ball that had been dropped. And oh, Samuel stood up when nobody else would do right. Oh, when nobody else would pick up the torch. Oh, Samuel stood up and he said, I'll do it, amen. He wasn't asked to. Hey, he wasn't told to. Hey, I'm telling you tonight, it wasn't even his responsibility. But he stood up and he said, I'm going to do it for God. I see that in this text, I see his surroundings. He had fellows like Hothni and Phineas. See, my daddy's generation, I'm not being ugly, man. My, my daddy's a preacher. We talked about it. Me and Brother Tom was talking about it before church. My daddy's generation dropped the ball. Somewhere from Brother Blue and Brother, 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 Brother Cape and Brother Biddle and, and all those old time men of God, Brother Mays and Brother Edgar Thomas and, and Brother Willie Thomas and, and, and all those Gulliver B. Green, somewhere between that generation and my generation, the ball has been dropped, amen. And we got hirelings out there like Hoffman and Phineas and all they're in it for is money and fornication and, and lasciviousness and, and making God's people abhor the things of God. You know why this place ain't full tonight? Because we had a whole generation of preachers that wouldn't have hit a lick at a snake. And they didn't get God on them. They didn't go and get God with God. And we've lost a generation. And as a result of it, my generation, our generation, is dropping off into the pits of hell. Amen. I see a situation. Samuel's situation was nobody expected nothing out of Samuel. See, everybody just expected Samuel to just go right along with the flow, do what everybody else was doing. Everybody! 
God expected Samuel. See, they, they didn't expect him to do anything for God. He'd never even been taught. Oh, but there was something deep inside of that boy. And he said, my mama taught me right. And I'm just going to keep going for God. And in the midst of persecution, and in the midst of iniquity, in the midst of sin and uh, transgression, uh, Samuel stood up and said, I'm going to serve God. And I'm telling you tonight, folks, uh, we need some folks in our churches tonight uh, to get sick of the way it is. I'm telling you, we're bankrupt tonight. We're broke. We're playing church. I go up down the roads and I'm not being boastful when I say that. Uh, but God lets us be in church just about every night of our life. And I'm sick to death of the state of the church. Hey, we're not doing it right. Uh, there's something missing. Hey, we keep trying to keep trying to do it the same way we were doing it. I'm not saying to compromise. I'm not saying to go liberal. I'm against everything contemporary, amen, because it's a con and it's temporary, amen. I'm against all the fake Bibles. I'm against all that stuff. Uh, but I'm telling you tonight, uh, something's got to change, amen. Can I be honest? I don't know if I'll even get to the message tonight, preacher. I'm just trying to get the ground just right. I'm I, I just going to be honest tonight. Hey, we need to get the fire back on us tonight. Ain't that right? Can I say something? I love this book right here. I love it. And I'm not saying it's the only right one. But I, I like it pretty good. Amen. Amen. But these songs are boring without the touch of God on them. Can I see your Bible right quick, preacher? This book right here, don't, be, don't take offense. But the Word of God's not, not going to do much to you without the Spirit of God. We got to write music. We got to write Bible. We got to write doctrine. Hey, most of us even dress right. But I'm telling you tonight, without the touch of God, it's all, it's all dry. It's all dead. And you know why tonight? Uh, my generation's going after this worldly joy. They're doing Harlem Shake, bunch of Tommy Rotten churches now. God help, amen. I'm talking about they're doing having drama teams. We got enough drama in Baptist churches without bringing in a drama team, amen. I'm telling you, everybody's praying for another tongue and they can't control the one they got. I'm telling you, they're going to the world to get right. Uh, Entertainment. Hey, but you know what? It's lively. It's something to appease them. It's lively because we've grown dead and cold. The old timers used to pay the price. They used to pray the price too. And we ain't willing to do it. And I'm telling you, we're losing a whole generation because of it. There's a reason when they turn 18, they hit the door and never come back. And we're not, there's something missing. Am I okay, preacher? There's something missing, amen. We're writing checks in God's name. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thinking God's on it. And he ain't, that check, when it hits the bank, it's just going to bounce because right. He ain't backing up what we're writing checks for. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're bankrupt. We're broke. I heard Brother Sammy get up last night. You know Brother Sammy? I heard Brother Sammy get up last night, broken. And he said, he said... All those meetings years ago, 12 weeks and 14 weeks, and he would go into a city and the churches would come together. How about that? A Baptist church getting together with another Baptist church and doing something for God. That right there is revival in itself, praise God. I'm talking about that. He said, Brother John, they'd go 9 and 12 and 14 weeks and have hundreds and hundreds saved and, and lives changed and all that. But he was broken hearted. It's just not having it like it was. The church tonight... I'm not down in your church. I don't know y'all a very good brother. 
But if we're anything like all the rest of the Baptists sprinkled out through the southeast, it just ain't working like it should. There's something missing. We're not burning anymore. Why ain't we burning tonight? Can I give you all three things? I want to. I might not get to preach all of them, but I got one on my heart, real heavy. First, sir, that you now you got to understand. I'll give a little background. That light was the menorah. When I first studied this five years or two years ago, I didn't know. I didn't know much about the tabernacle, but this was the tabernacle of God. They had not yet built Solomon's temple. Y'all understand that this is the tabernacle. It's still in a tent. And this was the menorah. Well, John, they, they, the, the menorah was the seven golden candlesticks. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That the, the Jews use for Hanukkah even now. Have I already broke this mic? God help us. Hey, will you turn a, will you turn a, one of these handhelds on? I'll miss you. Yes, sir. Is that all right, brother? Yes, sir. You help us out. Uh, this, uh, That menorah, you would, they would, uh, in that, in that temple, in that holy place, you walk in and that menorah was right there on your left hand side. And, and that was the, that, that was the light in there in the tabernacle. And I've, I always thought it was a little lamp on the side of the, side of the, the, the wall, but that wasn't what it is. It was that menorah. And some reason or another it went out. And I want to, I want to talk about that tonight. Amen. I want to give you these three points. I'm going to go back and I'll try to get all three of them. But first reason I see it wasn't burning and we're not burning is we're not filled. We're not filled. Second reason I want to see that we're not burning tonight is because we're we're not fixed. Or we're not formed. I'm sorry, not formed. And the third reason I want to see that we're not burning tonight is, is we're not familiar. I want to go back and try to preach these. I'm going to be quick as possible. But if I get in one, it's because God wants me to get in one. Amen. I want us to look at that field. They said in Exodus chapter number 27, they would go in, those high priests would go in every morning. And the first thing they would do, Brother Toby, before they, they dealt with the showbread or they dealt with the altar of incense or, or they even did any sacrifices outside, the, the first thing they would do every morning is that priest, that high priest, he would go in there and he would take that beaten olive oil and he would fill that lamp. It didn't have candles, it had oil in it. It was, it, it burned off that oil and, and Exodus 27 said the first thing they did every morning is they had to go in and get that lamp filled so it burned throughout the day. The last thing after all the, 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 the altar had been done and the, and the, and the, the sacrifices had been done every day and they had cleaned up right before they go, went to bed every night. Those priests, that, that lamp was burnt just, a, it was built just a bit long enough where it would burn all day and it would burn all night. But they would have to go back in right there before they go to bed. And the last thing they did every night was they filled that lamp. Now that lamp's the type of the Holy Ghost, or that, that oil's the type of the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling y'all nothing new tonight. I'm just gonna preach a simple Bible message. But you know what the first thing we need to do every morning is? We need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what the last thing we need to do every night is? We need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. See, it helps us. It guides us. It, he helps us and He guides us. Uh, the Holy Ghost isn't just for a shouting service. The, the Holy Ghost is for discernment. The Holy Ghost, he, He's for comfort. He's for, he's for guidance. He's for discernment. He's for service. Amen. You know what I do every morning when I get up? I reach over to my nightstand and I get these glasses because I am blind as a bat. I just see a big blur right there right now. 
Hey, man. I pick up these glasses. You can ask my wife. Every morning, I reach over. Before I do anything else, I pick these glasses up. And I put them on. You know what I do every night before I go to bed? I take these glasses off and lay them down on the table and close my eyes. You know why I can't see without these glasses? I can't, I can't read without these glasses. I can't drive without these glasses. I, I couldn't even tell you what's in the refrigerator real good if without these glasses. And you know what we're doing? We're trying to do flesh, we're trying to do spiritual things under the energy of the flesh. We're trying to do everything we can the way we want to do it. And we're trying to do everything. And we're wondering why we're failing over and over and over again. It's because we ain't using it. We ain't doing it through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ma'am, if you have a problem dressing right, and I'm not being ugly. I didn't come to pastor your church. But if you have a problem and you just it seems like you're hot one day and not the other and you're trying to go in this and that and the other and it seems like it's a repetitiveness and you just can't get it nailed down. You're trying to do it out of the energy of the flesh. You're trying to do it. Sir, you're trying to not cuss at work and everybody else is cussing and you keep slipping up and keep slipping up. I'll probably nail it down to your music you're listening to. But if you get, let the Holy Ghost help you, you, you could stop that mess. Ain't that right? Am I all right, preacher? I'm talking about, hey, every day we're going out and we're trying, we're spiritual beings. We, if you've been saved by the good grace of God, you're spiritual. Hey, God has, God has put something inside of you and you've been indwelt with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not preaching something charismatic tonight, amen. I'm telling you a Bible doctrine. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. Well, we're trying to do something out of the energy of the flesh that's supposed to be a, a spiritual thing. I don't want to get up here without the power of God on me. I'm telling you, I'm telling it right. I'm telling it right. I don't want, I don't want to sing. You know why our singing is dead and, and our services are dead? It's because we're coming in here and we got everything else on our mind and we're doing everything else and everything else is important. But we've left the Holy Ghost out of it. I'm not talking about we need to bring in all kind of weird stuff. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Can I read a verse to you? Y'all just pray for me. I'm just going to take my time there for a minute. Y'all pray for me. I ain't got but one good hand. Amen. I'm trying to do two things at once. I want to read a verse to you. I, can, I think I can quote it, but I don't want to mess it up. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. You ain't got to turn there, but it says, Wherefore be ye not unwise? He said, I don't want you to be foolish. Paul said, But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Y'all want to know what the will of God is tonight? What's the will of God? The next verse says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. I'm not being ugly tonight. I'm not being, I'm not being uh, malicious or hateful. But tonight, you could be a Sunday school teacher. You can be sitting in a member of a Baptist church. You could be a preacher. You can be a singer. You can be, you can be, I mean, you can be whatever you want to be. But if you ain't filled with the Holy Ghost tonight, you're not in the will of God. Is that rightly dividing? You're not in the will of God tonight. And that scares me to death, preacher, to think how many times during a day where I do something that grieves God and grieves the Holy Ghost, or I do something that quenches the Holy Ghost. And in the midst of this life, preaching to people every night and singing and doing all these things, to think I could do something that grieves God so bad that I walk out of God's will because I ain't being filled. I wonder how many of us today did something to grieve or quench the Holy Ghost. 
and we walk right out of God's will. I ain't trying to be spooky or nothing, but that's scary to me. How about it tonight? What did you do today? That What did you watch today? Sir, what about that stuff on the computer? I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just going to preach. What about that stuff on the computer? What about that word that you said about the pastor that you shouldn't have said? And you put your mouth on the hand of God, a man of God, and you walk right out of God's will. What about that person that you sat across the church from all these years, or maybe somebody in another church or somewhere else, and you wouldn't, you'd rather, you'd rather die than to talk to them. And you're bitter, and you're hateful. You ain't in the will of God. I'm not being ugly, preacher, but we can, I, I'm an evangelist, but if I do those things, I'm out of the will of God. If I'm not filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm not, filled with, I, I'm not in the will of God. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not in the will of God. You say, Brother Chris, what do I have to do to be filled with the Holy Ghost? First of all, you've got to be saved. See, when, 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 when I, the night I got saved, I was indwelt. With the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in the family of God by the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is not me getting more of God, but God getting more of me. Ain't that right? It's not some second helping. It's not something where I'm going to roll around on the floor. It's just a, it's a feeling of empowerment, amen, to do the work of God. But you'll never have it if, you'll never, if you ain't never been saved. There's a lot of people in our churches, and they, they backbite and they gossip. And they're hateful and they're mean and they, they, they'd, they'd, they'd rather the, the, the stab you in the back as to shake you in the hand. Amen. And the reason a lot of that problem is they ain't never been saved. There's a lot of people that just can't do it. They get, they get bent out of shape and they just, they just can't do it because they ain't never been saved. Am I okay tonight? My mama, I'm not talking bad about my mama. I love my mama. My mom, my daddy's a pastor. My mom has been a pastor's wife for years, a youth pastor's wife before that. And, and my, my mom and daddy, they, they, it just hadn't, it's just always been some kind of turmoil. And about six years ago, in my living room floor, at my parents' house, my mama fell down on her knees and for the first time fell under old timey Holy Ghost conviction. And my mama cried out to God and said, God save me. God save me. And you know what God did? He saved my mama. Amen. I believe every pastor's wife and every preacher's wife ought to be saved. Amen. I'm telling you, she got good, she got saved by the good grace of God. Amen. There's a reason in your life if you, if, if, if it's always been cold, if it's never, never just clicked, never been a change. I check up tonight. Tonight, if you ain't never been saved, you ain't going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, another thing, I, I believe if if there's sin in your life, you can't be filled with the Holy Ghost. If I went out tonight, and I or tomorrow, and my wife was going to cook a big supper, Brother John. She's going to cook a big supper tomorrow night. Big home spread. I mean, just wonderful. Fried chicken, gravy, mashed potatoes, sweet tea. Glory to God. Amen. I'm talking about a, a spread. And about lunchtime tomorrow, I go over to Baskin Robbins and get me three milkshakes. I go to Chick-fil-A and get me a piece of cheesecake. And I go get me some Dunkin' Donuts. And I just chaw down on that all afternoon. None of that good for me. None of that wholesome. I sit down, down at the supper table tomorrow night. And I slide up to the table. I might be able to squeeze in a couple bites. 
But I'm not going to be able to take in the fullness of that meal because I've put so much junk food inside of me. You know what we're doing every day? I know I've had to slow down, but this is just where God's got me. You know what we're doing every day? Oh, God, fill me. And we're putting everything else inside of us. Heaping everything else to us. Our affections are in the world and not in, the, in another world. Amen. I'm talking about we'll let things in. We'll watch things. We'll listen to things. We'll do things. Hey, and it never, it never even flinches us. And we keep that stuff deep down in our heart. I done hit it. But, hey, we'll keep bitterness in our heart. You know what bitterness is tonight? I done hit it twice. I must be hitting right where God wants me to hit. Do you know what? I've been around Baptists my whole life. They're some of the most bitter people I've ever met. Do you know what bitterness is? I've already said it. I've already said it. I've already said what bitterness Okay, I'm going to say it. It's you drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies. You're drinking poison, being mad at that other person, and mad as the devil at that other person, and hoping, hoping they die, and you're the one drinking the poison. You'll never be filled with God when you're filled with jealousy and bitterness and pride. Can I just tell a story right quick? Back in 09, God had just started opening doors for me. And, and I was, I'm very thankful that God had been doing things in my life. And I was in my study one night. And I had a recliner there in my study. And I liked to pray on that recliner. And I'll never forget, well, John, I was praying on that recliner one night, begging God for His power and begging God for His touch and begging God to keep His hand on me and begging God to open doors. And I'll never forget... I, I, I grew growing up, I told y'all my mama got saved six years ago. But before that, me and my mama didn't have a good relationship. It was always just butting heads. It was always just hatefulness. I would do whatever I could to make her mad, and she did whatever she could to make me mad. And that's not right either way. I, I, I'm, I'm, I hate that. I, I'm, I, I regret it so bad, Brother John. But I had so much bitterness built up in my heart towards my mama. She was saved, and she was trying to do the best she knew how. But I had all this bitterness built up in my heart. It was just mountain and mountain and mountain every day. It just I didn't I couldn't even hardly stand to talk to her or look at her. And despite all that, God had used me a little bit. But that night, as I was getting earnest with God, and I said, God, I want more. I want more. God, touch me. God, I want more. Down on my knees that night, God said, Son. If I'm, if you ever want me to use you ever again, you'll go in that living room and you'll get right with your mama. One of the hardest things I ever had to do, brother. Tears in my eyes. God broke me that night. Tears in my eyes. I had to go get down in front of my mama in that living room. Face to face. After all the wrongs she'd done. And I'd done wrong too, but there was wrong on both sides. And after all the hurt, I'm talking about years. I had to get down in my mama's face and I, with tears in my eyes, I said, Mama, I am so sorry. And Mama, I love you. Will you forget me? It's been different. <laughs> it's been different ever since. But I'm telling you what tonight. I could have chose to keep living with that bitterness, Brother Morgan. I could have co- I could have chose to keep living with that in my heart and keep living with that 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 hatred and that malice and that bitterness in my heart. But I'd have just been another one of them preachers, just been another good old boy, 
just kept working the job. And I'm not, nothing wrong with working a job. That wasn't God, what God's plan for my life. What's sin in your life tonight? I could hit, a, I could hit abortion and alcohol and, and everybody would be shouting maybe. But this is right where we're living. What about you tonight? That pride eats you up. Well, I ain't doing what that preacher's going to say to do. I don't care if it is in the Bible. I don't know y'all. I'm just preaching what God told me to preach. Maybe you need to go to somebody tonight. You won't ever be right with God till you're right with everybody else. You know what I you know what I've had to do, believe it or not, I I've had to go to people and apologize for talking about them. Pre- preacher's the biggest gospel you ever meet, amen. Amen. They'll get up and preach on gospel I'm like, Hi, hey, you're doing it. Amen. Hey, I'm telling it right, Brother John, ain't I? I've had to go to people in meetings and say, I'm sorry for talking bad about you. You know how bad that hurts? I'm talking about I'd rather get shot in the leg than to have to do that. Not who's holding it back? Who is holding the fire back from Wallridge Baptist Church? Who's got that bitterness in their heart that said... I know he's telling right, but I ain't going to get rid of my... I, I ain't. Do, well, you know what they do to me? You'll never be right with God until you're right with everybody else. The Bible still says, this is the will of God, that you abstain from fornication and that you possess your vessel with what? Sanctification and honor. That's the will of God. God is not going to fill a dirty vessel. Tonight... What are you holding back? What if it what if it's sins of not commission that we're doing, but what if it's things we're not doing? I think I'm I'm hitting the right nerve. I'm just gonna stay here. I hope I ain't boring nobody to death. What if it's sins of omission? What if it's that you'll go spend forty dollars at the mall on a pair on a on a pair of blue jeans or a t shirt, but if the offering plate passes for for the missionary or the missions fund, you wouldn't dare put $40 in there. How many of us have got a $45 a month cable bill or satellite bill, but we wouldn't dare put $45 a month to missions? It's going to turn into a missions conference, I guess. Amen. How about it? What about it? We'll go spend $300 on a hunting jacket or a rifle or a pistol we wouldn't dare give $300 to the church. Amen, Brother Chris. That's good preaching. Hallelujah. We'll get up. Men, we'll get up at 5 o'clock. Drive an hour. Got Climb up a tree. Dumb in a box of hammers. Climb up a tree 20, 20 feet up in the tree. In the cold weather. It's snowing. And we'll sit up there and wait for a deer to walk by when they got beef at the supermarket. And I like hunting. I'm just being, I'm just putting it practically. Sometimes we don't think of it like this. We'll go do that. But when it's 80 degrees outside, we wouldn't dare go hit a lick of the snake knocking on the door. We wouldn't go do that. Everybody likes me singing, but when I get up preaching like this, they just... They don't like that. Amen. God, help us tonight. Ain't that where we're living? 
We want to pay the missionary to go and do our job, but we won't do our job here. What about it? Who in this community is going to die and go to hell and your blood be on, their blood be on your hands? There's a great day coming. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, when it talks about the terror of the Lord, it's not talking about the white throne judgment. It's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. He said, wherefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We're not persuading men anymore. You know how I know that? This place ain't full tonight. Them old timers, they bribe them, lie to them. I'm talking about drag them in. Amen. I, they didn't care if I had chewing the back of their mouth or not. They'd bring them in the house of God. Amen. Ain't that right? We, we, we dropped the ball. We got sin in our life and we're, we're not doing what God wants us to do. Is this, is this first century Christianity? Is this biblical Christianity? Where we live in vanity and frivolousness. And we live in overconsumption. Ain't that right? We y'all know I'm telling it right. Hey, we we live in a hundred thousand dollar house, drive thirty thousand dollar cars. Hey, we wear nice clothes, we eat good food. When the people around us are going to hell, this this is not the Christianity that Peter got crucified for. This is not the Christianity that they cut Paul's head off for. It's just not. You know what the Bible says in Philippians 1 verse 27? He said, only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. You know what that means? You know what that means tonight? You know what conversation is? It's our lifestyle. Paul said, only, only, not second, not third, not down the list. He said, only let your lifestyle, your conversation be as becometh. The gospel of Christ. What's your life about? What's your life about? Well, preacher, I got work. What's your life about? Preacher, preacher, I go to school. What's your life about? Is it about the sports? Is it about, is it, and I'm not against sports, but we can tell you the stats of the last, I can, there's men in here who can tell me stats about the University of Tennessee from 20 years ago, but you couldn't quote me 20 verses out of the King James Bible. Probably couldn't quote me five if I took out John three sixteen and and Matthew seven one. Can I get a witness? Amen. Some of y'all get that on the way home. Uh, yeah. How about it tonight? You think this is the Christianity that Christ left us here for? I know I ain't preaching like a normal do, and I want to preach like a normal do. But is this it? Brother Morgan, is this what God left us here for? This ain't all there is. Our next point, satisfaction. You'll never be filled with the Holy Ghost if you're satisfied. They said D.L. Moody. Y'all have heard this, but I'm going to tell it again. They said D.L. Moody in 1871. They said he was already seeing 10 or 12 saved, never meeting any hell. 10 or 12 saved. If I was seeing 10 or 12 saved, I'd take out a, 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 a subscription in the sword and put my my picture in there. Amen. That's how prideful I get. Y'all help me. Maybe that's why God won't let me see it. God help us. Pray for me. But tonight, they, they said D.L. Moody was already seeing 10 or 12 saved. Never meeting he was having. And they said this lady named Miss Cook and this other lady named Miss Hawkshurst. 
they got together and they went up to Brother Moody one night in a meeting in 1871 and said, Mr. Moody, you're missing something. And it, it made him mad. It, it, if you read the book, it appalled him. It upset him. They said, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That was a slap in the face. But then he realized that's what he really needed. Every Friday, he was already seeing 10 or 12 saved now. But every Friday for the next months, they started meeting every Friday in his office and they would pray and pray and pray that he would get filled with the Holy Ghost and that God would fill him with the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, y'all know the story, his whole church burnt down and God ain't no telling what God might have to take from some of y'all to get you to a place of surrender, amen. But his whole church burnt down in the fire of 1871 in Chicago. He had went up to New York to Wall Street to raise the money for the funds for the, for the next church building. They said that God came on him. He finally got broken up. He finally got beat down enough and God came on him. He said, God, if you'll let me get to the room, I'll give it all to you. He got up there to a room and he surrendered to God and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And y'all know the rest of the story. He went on to change America. He went on to change Europe. Hey, God used that man to change two continents. He was already saying 10 or 12 saved. It's what blows my mind. How many are we seeing saved? You know why Hannah, Samuel's mama, had a baby? She was barren for years. Do you know when she got had a baby? When she got to agonizing. She got to just being desperate with God. All of a sudden, God gave her a baby. You know why we're not bearing fruit anymore? We're not bearing children? Because we ain't agonizing with God anymore. We're satisfied. We're satisfied. How many hours? I'm just being honest. Preacher. How many hours did you spend in prayer for this meeting? How many hours? How many, how many fasted for this meeting? I'm not being ugly, but we if we're not going to put labor into it, if we're not going to put desire and agony into it, we might as well not even have meetings. I'm tired of going into churches. I'm not being ugly, brother, but I'm tired of going every week and it's like the people don't even care I'm there. Not that because of me. I'm talking about they had not put no effort into it. What about it tonight? I didn't come to make people mad. I came to provoke you to godliness. Are you satisfied tonight? Is this what God's got for us? Is is this is this it? Or does he want more for us? You say, oh, it don't ma- numbers don't matter, brother Chris. Tell that to the book of Acts and to the book of Numbers. Amen. How many were saved? Thousands were saved on the day of Pentecost. Is this all there is? Is this New Testament Christianity? Is what we devote our lives for what God died for? Is this all there is? Tonight, I bore my heart to you. And I ask you, is this all God wants from us? Is this what He got planned for this church? Well, John, is this what He's got planned for y'all's area? Boys, God don't want y'all to be mediocre. He don't want y'all to be complacent. 
He don't want us to fall into the same form that's been going on for the past 30 years. You know why there were men like brother, or men like brother Sammy and brother Biddle and brother Percy Ray and there's men like brother brother Oliver B. Green because they refused to be complacent. If there was persecution like there was back in the day in this country, and the reason they're written is because there's not Christians in this day like there was back then. Would they persecute you for your Christianity? I'm afraid they wouldn't for me. Can I be honest? Walked through, walked, I was in a gas station the other day on my way to a meeting. And I stopped a man. I can't get this out of my mind. I stopped a man. He looked familiar. I said, sir, where are you from? He had an accent. He looked foreign. He said, Yugoslavia. And I let that man, I could have witnessed to him, Brother Toby. I could have at least gave him a track. I was standing right there. I'd already started a conversation with him. And my pride and my gutlessness let that man just turn around and walk off. And one day, I'm not talking about six years ago, eight years ago when I wasn't doing right. One day, I'll stand before God and there'll be at least one man from Yugoslavia. His blood will be on my hands if he don't get saved. How about you? Whose blood's going to be on your hands? Family members and neighbors. Because we won't get filled. We won't get filled. If you're not filled with the Spirit tonight, you're not in the will of God. You say, Brother Chris, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I've ever been filled with the Spirit. If you have to say that, you haven't. See, the indwelling of the Spirit is, is not, it, it just happens when you get saved. But being filled with the Spirit is optional. Tonight, are you fed up? I'm not pointing out I think we've got a good crowd, Brother Toby. I'm just being honest. There's empty pews. Are you satisfied? I'm talking about Walridge Baptist Church. Are you satisfied? Are, are, are you satisfied? Is this all there is? saying all there is I hope it's been a blessing tonight but I hope it's provoked